Let's hear that radio voice, dude. Hey, welcome everybody to <laughs> Couch Funeral Podcast. That's pretty good. Yeah. We had some, uh, you know, the, the nasal <laughs> aspect of it, but it was pretty good. I haven't done it in a while. That's, uh, yeah, that's that's my radio voice. <laughs> <laughs> if, your, I, if your radio voice met your Elon voice, what would that look like? It would be a lot slower. <laughs> Here's the other voice that I always liked a lot. In a world where Elon Musk is a trillionaire. The movie, the movie trailer voice guy, yeah. right? Yeah, that guy passed away. Oh, did he really? Ago. Yeah. In a world where uh, that's just the best voice ever. D- does, is there somebody else who's doing an impression of him? Because I thought the movie voices are still, isn't there still the same effect? Well, I didn't want you to be jealous, but that's something I do in my spare time. <laughs> he really, you traitor. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody out there um, listening needs someone that sounds like that radio guy, uh, let me know. There's a movie, there's a Christmas movie that's pretty old at this point, starring Cameron Diaz. Uh, I don't remember the name of it, but it's... the one where her her hair sticks straight up from all the jizz in it? No, I think that's uh, something about Mary. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. this is another one where in the movie she plays like one of those movie studio people, like the the voice that you just did, where she does all the trailers Mm. and she does the voiceovers and, Mm. and all of that. And she lives in this big old mansion in Beverly Hills and she makes a pretty nice life doing those movie that trailers. sounds familiar. I mean, if you're going to be in Hollywood, wouldn't you rather have, you know, a job that's kind of like on the outskirts like that? You're not yeah. really involved, but you're kind of involved? Oh, I guess. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't have much of an opinion about people in Hollywood or, you know, being part of that culture. So there's no real motivation for me to want to be on the, you know, have the benefits but be on the outskirts of it. I mean, whatever. If you want to, <laughs> if, if there was some way I could be a, a movie star, some kind of celebrity, I'd be happy to do it, especially if there's money connected with it. Yeah. So. Well, actually, there's a, uh, we don't really talk a lot about celebrities or celebrity news, but this one kind of was a celebrity slash gun story news oh item. My God. You see this Alec Baldwin thing? Yeah. That's been, uh, I think we talked about him one time before over his fake Spanish wife. <laughs> Yes, we did. And then he's yeah. back in the news again with this gun thing. He's such, and he's like the ultra liberal uh, icon, you know, for the whole thing. And so everything he does, and whenever he gets in any kind of trouble or anything like this, it's huge, huge news. I mean, you can hear about him every night on Tucker Carlson. Oh, is he talking about it? Uh, he has, and every other what does he say? Shit. I don't know. I don't have any quotes, but I've seen some clips where. And, you know, there, there's the Dr. Laura thing and all of that shit. Right? Is she still around? Yeah. yeah. Well, in, Laura Ingram. Right? Oh, 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 that's, yeah. Dr. Dr. Laura, Laura. No, was no. like a real Jesus-y AM radio nah, she's, lady. She's Yeah, she was a psychiatrist or something. Right. I used to listen to a, a couple of those different shows. So, um, yeah, Laura Ingram. It's just, you know, this stuff on Fox with uh, Carlson and Ingram has just gotten crazy bad. I mean, they are... Uh, I don't know. It must be without Trump to focus on constantly. Fox News must really be depending heavily on these uh, these two uh, prime time, you know, shows Ingram and her and him. And Have they Carlson taken over the, control, the heavy man. hitting from uh, who's the other dude, Sean Hannity? Well, I think Sean is still there, so I, I would include him in that group. I mean, those three are the most. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to call it. They're they're just the they're the worst of the of that 
bunch of that group, right? Don't you think at this point, though, that they're really just looking for viewers? I mean, yeah. I, if you think about it, the cable news viewership is is pretty low, I think, in general. Like, lower than I – if you look at the numbers, it's it's lower than I would have thought. What, the IQ? That. Oh, oh. But all, 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 <laughs> all of – the numbers? All the numbers for cable news. So it's, big, it's CNN, Fox, you know, Fox, the, even the big ones, MSNBC. Wow. It's like maybe – Maybe a couple million a night. Oh, it's not a lot. At, I've never looked really? at that. It, I uh, I'm not surprised. I mean, we're in the you know we're kind of in the um, uh, we're kind of in the you know zone here between elections and stuff. So it's going to gear back up. You know, once we get on uh, a closer to the 2022, it's going to gear back up. So, but what what is Tucker Carlson saying about Alec Baldwin? This oh I got to know. No, I don't know. Oh. I just I've seen um, I have seen screenshots of, you know, when, like even you know, liberals can kill people, too, kind of thing. <laughs> Is that what he's saying? Well, here's the thing. Uh, uh, I'm I'm fully behind. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Alec Baldwin. I'm fully behind Alec Baldwin because to stand in front of him would be crazy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's it's kind of crazy, right? Like you remember the the uh, other high profile movie. Uh, gun death was Brandon Lee, right? This is many, many years ago. The son of Bruce Lee, of course, who was killed on a movie set. Uh, There's filming... been reference to that since this happened, yeah. right? That that was the last one. How are you following the investigation? I mean, here's what I can already tell you. I'm going to jump ahead All right, in the let's future hear a little bit. So they're out in the middle of the desert someplace shooting this low-budget Western. And the, when they're not shooting, because there's downtime on these kind of things, they're taking one of the prop guns, putting real ammo in it, and they're target shooting out in the desert because you can. Well, that that sounds like the most likely scenario. Yeah. But the, the term you just used, because you read these articles and people don't really understand, especially non-gun people, it's not really a prop gun at that point. It's a real gun that fires real ammunition and blank ammunition. Right. And right. blank ammunition is like when you look at a bullet, most people don't really know what they're looking at, but right. the the bullet is the tip, right? You know that that little ball, if you will, at the end. The bigger part of that is is the cartridge filled with gunpowder. That's the explosive part. Right. So a blank has gunpowder; it just doesn't have the actual live ammunition part. So there's nothing to penetrate. There's right. No projectile. And it's, and it's taken them this long. It was just yesterday that they confirmed that what came out of that gun was an actual bullet, and right. they have the shell casing for it and it wasn't a blank that had a piece no, of no metal malfunction stuck in it or something like that no prop what, gun no malfunction yeah, and it not, was, and it's not a prop gun there there is a type of prop gun that has a co2 cartridge in the handle that is typically you know that you, you can buy from the ice it. cream man <laughs> the co2 <laughs> i have one for my uh, uh my whipped cream maker right um but anyway you it's got a co2 cartridge so the blanks and that don't use don't use gunpowder. So it's just a different kind. That's a true prop gun. You, it doesn't shoot real bullets, but this gun w shoots real bullets. And so you have all these people on the set. Theoretically, I've learned a lot, right? You have a prop master, you have an armorer, right? You have all she's going to burn in hell. Well, it does sound like it's going to come. I mean, they're going to use her as she's a, a young girl, like 24 years old. This is her, was her first gig as the armorer on a major movie set. And she was like the assistant armorer on a project before this. Well, didn't uh, didn't part of the crew walk off the day before this because of safety issues? That's what I read. Handling of guns. So yeah. I just think there's there's going to be some shit that's going to hit the fan here. 
Um, so, I mean, some people haven't really, you know, started talking yet because on advice of lawyers are keeping their fucking mouth yeah, shut. Yeah, but you have to. Alec Baldwin is just going to, I mean, he's going to be criticized for not caring more about making sure that the safety stuff was being followed and that he's been in enough movies over the years to where he can't claim he didn't know what was supposed to be going on. But he so, was also a producer. So he's like, <clears throat> you know, you're that at that. I mean, I don't know, but at that level, well, you're kind of like a, an executive in the company. Right. Well, so you have more liability than just if he was a paid actor. Everybody's liable um, on this thing. I, I, I guess I'm talking criminal liability. I mean, who's who who could possibly be charged with a crime? I think it's probably the armor. Yeah, for sure. Or there's probably another level of that of somebody and if, if for sure whoever put the fucking live rounds in the in the that's illegal. You're not even supposed to have live rounds on a movie set. That's not even legal. Right. So that goes back to your point about yeah. in the downtime they're out there shooting at the cactus and the tumbleweeds. That's exactly right. Which I mean, who could blame them? But you're right. It's, they there never should be live ammunition on the set. Well, bring your own gun. Fuck. I mean, you know, you're gonna you're gonna shoot live rounds out of a prop pistol. I mean, you're just asking for there to be a problem, right? And then some shit about did they show Baldwin the the the, the cylinder and did they spin it or some shit like that? I you know, I don't know. Was I, it a re- a revolver? It's a you know, it's a western. It's a okay, yeah. six shooter. Right? Well, that's like gun safety one hundred and one. If anybody hands you a gun. Literally, we don't have guns here in the studio right. today. Yeah, why not? although I could go get one out of my truck right now. That's if you okay. Want. <laughs> bring the FBI in here right now. But if if you literally watched me handle a pistol right now, and yeah. I took the magazine out and I yeah. cleared the chamber and I left it open, and you could look down in and see there was nothing in there, uh-huh. and I hand it to you, your very first job is to do the same thing and to clear it and to check it, even though you just watched not me do it. Shoot you in the face, like Alex not Baldwin shoot me in the it? face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boom. So even, I mean, even on a movie, uh, I don't know why gun safety isn't being followed. Well, you know, I mean, it's like, I think I've said a bunch of times on this podcast that I'm not really, guns and gun control and all that shit is not really one of my issues, right? I just really don't care. I'm not on the, I'm not on the wagon or I'm not on the boat with all the other liberals about how important it is. I love it when you deviate from the liberal platform on things where you, you know, you're not willing to drink all of the Kool-Aid. Not all you watered the Kool-Aid down a little bit. And I love hearing that. I have really been enjoying the examination of where the progressive left wing of the Democratic Party is right now. Um, by listening to the the debate over these over these bills, so to uh, I mean, just a quick question. I mean, it looks like we're getting close to some kind of some kind of agreement on the the soft infrastructure bill that's going to be just under a couple trillion dollars. It was like one seven or something, something like that, which is you know down quite a bit from from where it started out uh, almost a trillion dollars which is great i think that's perfect you know i i i mean look any negotiation anybody that d- does negotiation and i suck at it i'm i'm just a westerner what's the price here's the money that's it that's all i want to in a transaction that's all i want to do not all about the haggle but but in political negotiations for something like this, you need to start high. So you start you think at $3 trillion and you end up at a trillion, at $1.7. I think that is the result we all hope for. Well, let's let's explore that for a second. Do you think that there's 
that mindset in Congress of the haggle and the negotiation or there better be. Otherwise, you're just I mean, if you're but for the sole purpose of doing it, in other words, not because there's things in there that we need to understand or, you know, here I can't get behind it because of this. But is it just for the art of the haggle? Do you think that's what's happening? No. I is it an art? Is the haggle an art? Can in, you... <laughs> in, in, in Eastern Asia or, <laughs> like, or, or the swap meet or whatever. In the Middle East, it's not, not so much in the capital. <laughs> I, I think that all negotiations run this way a little bit, right? I mean, if, you're, if, you're, if your first number is your final number, that's not a negotiation then. So then that's just but not, if the first number, not good faith. Yeah, I understand that. But let's say your first number is a number that was, I don't know, maybe it's uh, an acquisition of a company, right? And the number is is supported by the facts of sales and profit and whatever. That the, number would be a good faith number because it's supported by the the performance of the business in, in that respect. So is the haggle uh, simply a haggle because there's things in there that are what I would call the wish list? And that's why everybody assumes, hey, there's things at the end of the day that we could all agree that could come out of here and we'd be okay with it. I think that I am a hundred percent sure that that Biden knew going in that that number was going to come down, and I think the dance. I mean, here's the thing: there was some pressure. He would have liked to to have been settled before he left on this trip to go see the Pope, kiss the ring, uh, get absolved of his potentially catch his, COVID overseas. Yeah. Yeah, be absolved by the Pope for his stand on abortion and so on and so forth. Uh, then go to whatever he's going to in the climate change summit, blah, blah, blah. And he wanted to go with this, hey, uh, we've got a big climate change. We've, we've, you know, I've managed to negotiate a big thing, for, but it's not really going to be like that. So it, it didn't isn't... matter whether this got settled before he went on this trip or not. So it's not, and he's gone, and that's it. And now we can just get back. And, but we're talking about some real specific things now. So that means that this is a lot closer to some kind of, um, you know, some kind of closure, some kind of resolution. Uh, you would that, think. How many yeah. times have we been here before? We've we've had three close yeah, I, resolutions. I think that um, I think that with the 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 new number and and the new what's the word the new the new shape of this deal that was put out yesterday before he left on the trip and and the discussions that are that I'm hearing about are much more specific than they were before so that means we're not talking about whether a 3 trillion dollar deal is a good idea as opposed to a smaller bill we're talking about specific things in the bill and, and, and how to the pay discussion for it. is and I think you've heard this probably in in the media the discussion now is what can we live with Right. What can we live with? What can we live without? That's a different discussion. That's a different discussion than before. You know, to be honest with you, I mean, I think, you know, to be clear, Biden needed to to start out high and put this everything in the kitchen sink in this thing to pacify the the far the progressive wing of the party, um, knowing that he was going to have to let some of those things loose. So. Sometimes there's value to just get it in and say, "Look, we fought the good fight, but we." But lost, they're going to be pissed off at him. Well, I mean, again, if you're a one-term president, <laughs> you know the do you the, care? the Democrats like, much more so than the Republicans turn on each other within that that faction, right? Like the progressives that you mentioned, they you know love Biden when he was at three point whatever trillion, 
And then well, now this can be shaved down. Be like, ah, oh, fuck him. Everybody does when when you think you're getting what your special interest wants. You know, um, I think that I mean, there's just it's kind of coming down to a matter of how you describe it, right? So you know, I can see maybe from your more libertarian, non-democrat uh, viewpoint, you might think that this is a case of the progressives turning on the liberals. Or the 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 uh, turning on the, the centrists, or 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 maybe this is a case of the centrists cutting the liberals, lo- the progressives lose after garnering their support for the election. Um, I think that's kind of a red herring, right? It, it it doesn't make sense, and I don't think it follows that 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 if the if the Biden campaign to be president hadn't been pandering to the progressives and saying things, hey, we'll go after this and that and the other that we know you guys like to garner their support, uh, that if they hadn't have done that, that what, those that progressive wing would have, what, supported Trump? I don't think so. <laughs> so why did he do it then if well, he didn't need their vote? I mean, it's, he's an experienced politician. That's right? what this is. Right? He's an experienced greasy, experienced. No. <laughs> what do you want, amateur? Politi- <laughs> do you want amateurs? Listen. <laughs> Listen, you not you. The, the Trump was not your guy, but we had an amateur, um, and the results were ca- catastrophic. I think, and for for everything, for, I mean, just name anything other than we should the try tax it again. Break though. that corporations, which got. was awesome, right? So I know you love that. So and we and we should try it again though. We should not let. Don't you think we should not let the experience of Trump being, among other things, an amateur in many things, but we should not let the experience of Trump deter us from putting another amateur back in office sometime in the future. I don't know who that is. I don't have a name. We'll have to see. I don't see the benefit of putting an amateur in that position ever again, but I'll let you, uh, we won't dwell on that. I think we should try it. I I I think we should try it because we've seen what happens with career politicians. It's more of the same. No surprises. Nothing really ever changes. No, no, no. Are we damn. seeing real change? You want experienced politicians that know how things work and and engage in process. It's important. It, that's those are the guardrails for the for everything. The process. We got to change the guardrails. No, you don't. We got to repaint the lines. <laughs> <laughs> like the other thing is is this uh, is My the heads on the microphone? Again. Is the billionaire tax part of how they're going to pay for this thing? Well, now? it's not going to happen. So it doesn't matter. You don't think so? No, it's dead. Um, dead as of when? Today. Oh, really? Okay, that's great news. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Um, so what Travis is, in case you didn't follow this, so they're part of the – one of the proposals in the in the 1.7 or whatever trillion dollar, the soft infrastructure thing, was a billionaire tax that was going to hit about 800 people in the country. Um, so that's a – and it's a, another – it could call it a wealth tax. You could – you know, and it was a way to try to – to try to get people that have, you know, billionaires that have quadrupled their or or more uh, their their wealth, you know, oh, during the course of the pandemic, on the back of the pandemic, and because you know a lot of this is big tech and so forth, and so really you could call this the Jeff Bezos Elon Musk tax because. That's there out of the out of the eight hundred people that might be subject to this, ten people in this country would would have paid the bulk of the of the money because it's Bezos and Elon Musk and a couple of names that I don't know that are 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 pushing being trillionaires, and 
and that's not that's not everybody. That, right. There's a lot but of it just goes to show you that that list, as small as you just said, it is a targeted list that is meant to be punitive against those people. Which... It, it, it it sort of is, but I mean, on the other hand, I will tell you that. I mean, I, I recently, as you know, heard Elon Musk on a on a pretty long podcast, and although it wasn't the focus of the podcast, he did speak to his feelings about ta- being taxed and so forth. And of course, I'm sure he looks at it more like you look at it, Travis. And frankly, I understand it better after hearing his side of it because you just hear the argument you just hear from Democrats and the progressive side is that. Well, guys got 120 guy the guy's wealth went up 122 billion dollars in the last quarter or something like that, right? And you're like, so why couldn't he pay 40 billion right in taxes? And uh, uh, when you hear it like that, yeah, it all makes sense, but then there will be other times where he will pay taxes and he will have to divest some of his stock things because they'll go out of date, and he'll have to, he'll have to exercise them, and then he will pay. And taxes. that's and that's what really, I, mean, I have a lot of strong feelings about this, and I think it's because most people, I think, fall into the category, the first bucket that you said, where you hear the soundbite that he made, you know, one hundred and twenty-five billion, and yeah. you think somebody is getting ahead and they have some unfair advantages. Mo- in other words, most people can only understand the situation that they are in and they are in a situation where you know, they might make you know whatever 30 40 50,000 a year and they go I could never understand that it's 800 families yeah of course they should pay but what the problem is they can't understand yeah. the philosophy behind it and what really I think is the problem is and I, I engaged in a little Twitter war with somebody over the in the last couple of days about you know, in my opinion, typical Democrats, how they look at this is trying to to fix, you know, the, the symptom instead of the actual cause. And a lot of the accusations and the things that we've been reading about in the news, these these detailed reports that we've talked about, how the billionaires haven't paid any tax in whatever tax years, you know, we've talked right. about them, right? But in other years they will. That's the, yeah. That's and, and the issue is they're not and we've talked about this and I, I know this isn't you. But they ha- if they haven't paid a tax, it's not because they did something illegal. They took advantage of legal deductions or losses that were that were, you know, allowed to them. Oh, or they are in a position where they're making so their growth is, is their wealth is growing at such a rate that they don't need any income and. The only thing we tax is income. But per, yes, that is true. The only thing we tax is income. And that's the other point I tried to make is you have to separate. You have to understand there's a difference between income or what I would call cash flow versus an appreciating asset. So this other prominent, I don't know, he was some liberal fuckhead on Twitter, I forget his name, said something about last week there was a big report from Tesla that their stock went up significantly. Maybe you read this because they signed a deal with Hertz rental car. Trillion dollar. They're a trillion dollar company. Right. And what they what was it, like a hundred thousand cars yeah. to Hertz or something like that? And the stock skyrocketed. And in that one day, in that one report, Elon was said to have gained a net worth of twenty five billion or something like that. Yeah. In a day. Yeah. Maybe it's twenty five million. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe that's a hundred and twenty two billion. <laughs> maybe. But and so this guy was like, you see if he can make $25 billion in a day, he can afford to pay more in taxes. Yeah, but, the, but the argument is he didn't make $25 billion in a day. His, his asset on that day appreciated. And just like it appreciated that amount overnight, 
it can depreciate that amount overnight again tomorrow or two days from now or five days from now. And so the other part of this billionaire's tax that I, ho- I hope what you said is true, that, it, that it's off the table, yeah, but it was to tax unrealized gains. How could that even be possible? And that's, you know, listen, I'm not in the 800 of this group. I know you're not. I never will be. I have a you business. I have a business that one day, you know, might be worth a couple million dollars when I sell it. It'll never sniff anywhere near where it's going to put me in the tax situation like what we're talking about. Right. But that's not the point. The no. point is it's just not right. Well, here's the thing. I, I've been, you know, we've talked about this a lot. I've, you know, I learned things from you from a different point of view about that. I, I've I list, recently listened to Elon Musk elaborate a little bit on, on why he thinks that that, I mean, there's an actual billionaire um, that is, that was, you know, responding right to to the the growing chorus. Hey, tax the wealth on these people. And then here's another thing too that that has just kind of crystallized in my mind. I don't think it's a good idea to try to fix these problems on the backs of 800 people in this country, right? Because for a couple of reasons. One, um, I don't have all the names and numbers and even the dates, but there was a point in front in france where they did initiate a wealth tax and the people simply moved out of the country exactly so you're trying to you're trying to tax a very small group of people that have the most money in the world so they're the most mobile so um i just don't i mean you have to look at it and say i mean i still think theoretically it would be great if you could get that 800 people to pay some reasonable amount when their when their wealth appreciates, you know, rapidly like that, and that'll always be on the backs of you know of the poor the middle class. But but here's the thing: it's it's you if you look at that situation, you say, well, the eventual result is they'll all move the fuck out of the country. Then what's the point? You know, are we better off for for Bezos to spend billions and move space? travel ahead same for elon right if are we better off to try to grab a few billion dollars from him in the short term and have him as he just moved his facility from northern california to texas or someplace to move it to mexico or you know ghana or some other fucking (laughs) place and 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 maybe not maybe stop i mean i think you need that. You, yeah. need, you need to provide an environment. Like, I think I told you this because before. Because we can't depend on those people to no. fix these problems. So what do you do? I mean, there are things that need to be – there are programs that need to go into effect. I don't think you finance those on the backs of 800 billionaires in the country. So then the question is, well, do you raise taxes in other places? No. Which other places? No taxes answers, should be raised. Well, but that's where that's where you're just not being realistic. I am, and right? I'm correct, meaning I'm right. And you want to know why? Uh, sure. There's enough income. And I'm not a super, you know, I don't, I don't like tax. I think yeah, this is very libertarian of me, but I think, you know, tax is basically theft the way we do it in this country. But the way that you fix it is there's enough income. There's enough cash flow. That has nothing to do with unrealized gains or assets or net worth. There simply is enough flow of cash in the form of income to be taxed. It's just not recognized as profit because of deductions. So my point is this. You don't need to raise the rates. You just need to disallow certain deductions so that these companies show a profit 
and therefore they pay the tax that's already in place. Well, that's fine. I mean, that is truly semantics, right? I don't care how you Perhaps. get to it. What I was trying to say was, hey, I, I am no longer of the mind that that a viable way to fill the, 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 the gaps in funding for necessary programs is is by trying to tax the fuck out of 800 billionaires. That's not the right way. Right. The right way is to spread that burden over everybody, yeah. everything. And if you can accomplish that by disallowing loopholes or making changes like that or changing the motivation to – you know, for big corporations, oh, I mean, I'm then then I'm in favor of that, and 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 I'm not in favor of any one of those things being. I don't want I don't want to try to fill the fill the gap to pay for programs that are necessary by just taxing corporations. So you, you but you need to spread it out over everything and not not over the middle class. Well, and again, there's this is what I I don't think we're looking deep enough because there's plenty of opportunities in the form of disallowing deductions that would make up for the tax revenues. Like for uh, just well, a basic again, example, I, I said if that's enough, then fine. I mean, I'm not I'm not I don't want to tax people for no reason, but I don't. Some think, in your people, some of your people do. <laughs> well, Let's maybe. recognize that. But I don't. I don't know. I mean, I mean, there's a couple of ways to discuss this, right? I mean, I can accept that what you're saying is true on the face of it. Then there's no need to talk about additional taxes for any group or any cohort in the in in this in the country. But if that's the case, then great. Get rid of those loopholes and and let's see the money come flowing in. Um, I'm totally fine with that. But if that turns out to not be the case, then. We need to, to raise taxes where we need to raise taxes and so that it doesn't become an overwhelming burden on any segment, including the 800 billionaires at the top of the food chain, then spread it out, right? But you can't do it all on the backs of the working class, which is left to their own devices. That is how the Republicans well, but nobody's, would do it. Yeah, but even under the Republicans, most of the tax brackets got lowered. So the, the backs of the working people didn't necessarily – you know, support. The do you, you you think there's any comparison by the amount of tax that the middle class, me, that their taxes went down compared to how, to the huge gigantic fucking windfall for for the, for the segment of the country that needed it the least corporations. That there's no comparison between the triv, trivial amount that taxes might have went down for a middle class family compared to the giant windfall going from 35 to 21 for corporate America. Yeah, that, no doubt about that. Okay. But but that's not the point. The point is that... What's well, my point? Yeah, but you said the, the, the middle class shouldn't have to be, you know, support we, through taxes they should the not. expenses, they, and they, they, they haven't been. Well, but they have in the past. And not really. Isn't the, the vast back, majority of huh? taxes are paid by, like, the smallest group of people? Federal, federal taxes, anyway. Who, who are you talking about? What's the smallest group of people? Uh, I don't know. What's the number, like... Is it almost sixty percent of all federal taxes are paid by what? I don't fifteen twenty percent of of people something I, like that. I don't know. I'm not aware of that. I got to send statistic. you some. Uh, are, do you have your Bloomberg back? Thank God, I do. Because and I and here's the thing: they did force me to watch more CNBC, which was good because you know Shepard's on there and. You know, they got different people and, and stuff. But, uh, yeah, Bloomberg's back, so I'm back. Because they have a better international, uh, you know, 
you you just get the you get that scroll up the right hand side of that show, right? And, and you just you see get that, so you, much information. You ever watch BBC? I BBC do watch. News? Well, not so much. I've been watching scripted shows on BBC. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor No or Doctor Wait, what is it? Um, Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Yeah, isn't that the name of it? I don't know. Yeah, is yeah. that like the a, British yeah. sci-fi show that's been on for twenty-five years? Oh, I don't, I don't know it. Doctor Who. Yeah, that's what it is, right? And I get confused with the uh, James James Bond, Bond movie. Doctor No, Doctor No, <laughs> no Doctor <laughs> Who. So Doctor Who is the is the time traveling, uh, time traveling time guardian whose spaceship is inside a British payphone. Okay, I don't know this. Booth. And when you from the outside, it's a you know rather old timey looking British payphone booth that will just appear somewhere in in time and space and history on different planets and different parts of our history, and uh, and inside is a gigantic spaceship. Any so, any guns on this movie set? Um, not guns. He has a variety of weapons, mostly concealed in a pen that he carries in. That is the very James pocket Bond like. Yeah, this this pin or screwdriver i think they call it uh has a lot of different powers so it's an awesome uh science fiction show so old very old timey i think on hulu there are nine seasons of doctor who on hulu. wow and i've never heard of it i don't think that that's i think that's only the the most recent nine seasons i think it goes back 15 or 20 years on wow. the bbc the original ones were very how do I put it? Cheesy. This so. is like The Office, where there's like a, a <laughs> British version and the American version. No, it's all been no no American version of Doctor Who that I'm aware of. The the British version through you know BBC or A and E or public television, I think for a long time was bringing Doctor Who shows to to America. And uh, yeah, there's some um, uh, there's a a, a, a villain. It's a it's a it's an alien species. I'm not going to remember the names. Um, and they 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 have a funny voice. So here goes another voice impersonation. They they're they're robots, all robots, and they kind of look like um, soy sauce dispensers that you might see in a in a Chinese restaurant. Kind of a round, cylindrical, you know, with a silver top, screw on top and a little spout that points out. That's what that's what they look like, and they run around and they say exterminate, exterminate. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, that was the old. I mean, and they—that's that was literally like they're pulling those things across the table with a string, right? So, you know, production values has gone up a little bit as the BBC has done better, but uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. So, how do you how do you balance your time between the time traveling Doctor Who on yeah. the BBC and your Bloomberg watching? Well, <laughs> I I tend to watch some Bloomberg every day, right? Every day I find myself switching around if I'm watching live TV, uh, and. Um, I just get tired of the political stuff on MSNBC. It's the same story. It's the same five stories on every show. So if I catch it on deadline, uh, uh, what is that? Uh, the uh, the show on at 1 o'clock, if I happen to be able to catch that because I'm working for home or something and I eat lunch during that time, I can see just about everything I need to see on that show, and I don't need to watch the rest of them. So do like Bloomberg at any point in the day because it's not really political. Although sometimes political stories will bleed into it because they affect economics, but just like to see yeah. what they're talking about. Right? Which is why we always have CNBC on here in the studio because yeah, it, which, it is all markets based and economics, but those two things do intersect. Yeah. Yeah. And, and here's the thing about CNBC. It's gotten so much, the, the production value on CNBC has improved so much from what it was five or six years ago when it was, 
when it was really the Doctor Who of financial news. <laughs> it was so cheesy. Um, but it's really quite sharp and, you know, upscale looking. And, um, yeah, it's good. And then they have a little bit of news, right, with the Shepard Smith show. So that's something you don't really see on Bloomberg. Yeah, but is that getting any more watchable? Shepard Smith? Yeah. Um, you just got to get used to him, right? I mean, I got a little shook up when I saw him report on a story that I know what he was saying wasn't correct. But I mean, you're going to report. What was it? You're going to. Re- I don't remember. You're going to report on if you're that guy. You're going to report on thousands and thousands of stories a year. Can, are you going to get one or two wrong? Did you get wrong information? I mean, when all of a sudden, does Shepard Smith, Smith is a news reader? He's right? an anchor, right? Right. So, well, did, isn't that his thing? Didn't he get? canceled before canceling was a thing for reporting was he the guy that was on a helicopter somewhere or is that another guy I'm no, no. <laughs> who's no, that no, you know no. who i'm talking about yeah no no shepherd smith came from fox news he he left fox news because he couldn't he just thought because he left because he had morals yeah yeah because he has integrity right um no you're talking about um brian oh yes brian um it's not Brian Wilson. That's the guy. Williams. From Brian Williams. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He he exaggerated over somehow. I don't even know why. Something about some some news being on a helicopter in a war zone or something that didn't really happen the way he described it. And who the fuck knows why? I don't know. He was at the peak of his anchor. You know, he was on. He, he was, was like hit. a war correspondent. Yeah, and but he and he was hit. But and he was the 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 NBC you know national news anchor, and he was doing guest shots on you know Jimmy Fallon and stuff. You remember Slow Jam the yeah. news with the the roots on right. the Jimmy Fallon show, and his comic stuff is is really good. But it all kind of got mixed up, and then he got canceled. Um, uh, which is one of the, which is so f- ironic, right? Because, w- I mean, I think that most of the people that complain about cancel culture, you know, say it's the it's the libs using it to to silence conservative voices, and really, some of the biggest, most egregious examples of that have been very far left liberals like Brian Williams and uh, who was the senator, right? Joe, Pitt, uh, no. Um, not Joe Piscopo. Yeah, uh, the other uh, guy from SNL. We, yeah. yeah. But here's the, you know what's interesting about that is those two examples, God, what was his name with the glasses? Yeah. Uh, we all know who he was. Well, typical Saturday Couch Night Funeral Bombing. podcast. We'll, we'll figure it out after <laughs> or somebody will tell us. That yeah, you know, I heard was. you say something the other day uh, when I was listening back that this is an entertainment podcast. And so I get a little freaked out because um, I am having trouble remembering, recalling rapidly recalling names and when and in my day-to-day life it's not really an issue right and i think no more no less than other anybody else my age maybe a little less than some typically but when i put myself into this two-hour uh mental grinder um you're, yeah, ex- you're exhausted it, well it, it, i think <laughs> it happens a lot because we are talking about so many different issues in a two-hour in any given two-hour podcast that there are a lot of names to try to recall. We in have case to. You haven't noticed. I I use no notes. Yeah, we don't. Nobody uses any notes here. <laughs> We're flying off the cuff. Yeah. But we owe it. We have to because people have zero attention span these days. So we got to bounce around so we they do. can keep up. No, I think it's good. I mean, I I certainly uh, have no problem listening back to our own, and I already know what's going to be said. Right? <laughs> so. Go go back to these two examples of yeah. the canceling because I want to talk about this for a second. God, Those, I'm seeing his face. 
those were um, early examples of people being canceled before it was a thing. Like I don't remember, I don't remember it being referred to as canceling. I'd never heard of cancel culture, and what I mean by that is, if I haven't heard of it, it's not a thing. So it's relatively new. But when when they were remember who made the accusation against the senator? That was the, it was a woman. Was the, I remember. Yeah, she was the she was the Al cr- Franken. Al Franken and the 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 woman that made the accusation complained about the fact that they took a picture of Al Franken holding when she was asleep on an airplane with his dick out or something. No, oh. no, no. She's leaning back. It's a military aircraft, and she's right. leaning back on something. He was over there doing asleep, one of those things, and he get he's standing off to the side with his hands up, as if he was about to grab her boobs. Right, and. Then looks at the camera and mugs for the camera, and that's it. That's the entirety of the is issue. Is that? Can you not do that? <laughs> I just and and it was from ten years before. So right. the answer is you could do it ten years before. So, I mean, when you talk about these situations of canceling somebody without just cause, that's probably the most egregious example that I can think of. Right, and then um, and then Brian Williams. Not a sex. I mean, Franken got cut up in the beginning of the Me Too, right? That's when that happened. Was that, it? The, God, is it that long ago? The, no. Well, the what he did, the mugging for the camera with the you know the the distasteful you know pose and so forth, was many years before. But it it came to light at the beginning of the Me Too thing when this L.A. radio uh, co-host from a conservative talk show in the morning. And her name is escaping me, too. And she used her ability to talk about it on L.A. talk radio and and then get on all the news and everything to to bring him down. I mean, she's a noted right wing type, you know, uh, news person. So we just did she really do that on purpose? I mean, I think that 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 there was a lot of disingenuous nonsense about that. And even still, he resigned. Under the pressure, which I didn't think he should have done. I don't know what the inside story is on and why th- he did that. Didn't some of his supporters or his his uh, coworkers kind of turn their back on him and, and essentially said, "Hey, the right thing to do is resign"? Because maybe you're right; it was at the beginning of that it was Me Too stuff. Well, I think that at that point um, he was abandoned by right most That's of the a good word. most of the left wing media, right? And so. Yeah, I don't it's think fucking got, liberals they turn on each other. I don't think he got the support. Well, I can uh, I can agree with you on this particular thing. I think everybody thinks that was a mistake on everybody's part to not push back on that. But it you know, when you that was I mean, you had you had the big the big offenders like the the movie guy um that is still in the news, he was the movie Harvey producer. Weinstein. Weinstein, right? I mean, this was like simultaneous with that. And so to 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 be in the public, you know, view like that, and be a celebrity and side with Franken, which w- which would right or wrong kind of put you in the same group of people that were trying, still trying to defend Harvey Weinstein. Nobody could, nobody could, nobody th- thought they could do that, and so I think on his part, uh, so that he would stop being the story at a time during a time where. Really, the focus needed to be on other things. I mean, Trump was already there, and things were happening. So, anyway, that's 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 how Frank and Brian Williams. I mean, you know, I think he just had a lapse of judgment. I don't think anything. I don't think there's any, and I don't think that NBC 
really thought there was either. But I think they were caught in a situation where it just wouldn't. It, I mean, right or wrong, it wouldn't look good when the when this came out that Brian Williams, at the time probably the most trusted news anchor in the country, had misrepresented some experiences he had with military people covering you know covering war stories or whatever. No, they just didn't. They just they felt they had to do something so that they would not be considered so hypocritical. Because had that been a right wing or right right leaning newscaster, uh, and they would have done that. Um, uh, they would, you know, if they would, they would have done that to someone like that in a heartbeat, right? So for them, for the liberal media to to not exercise some punishment on Brian Williams, then uh, that would have looked pretty hypocritical. And I think that's all what all of that was about. But he's back. He's the the top um, anchor on C, on uh, MSNBC. All million people that are tuning in right, to nightly exactly. cable news are right. watching him. So, But um, even though, I mean, okay, so the Al Franken thing, I mean, do you, you probably have, and I certainly have maybe pictures from many, many, many years ago of shenanigans that take place late at night. Maybe there's alcohol. Uh, well, there's no pictures <laughs> that I'm aware of. But go ahead. Yeah, I have memories. had pictures, but <laughs> the memories have faded and some of the pictures have been burned. Yeah. But some of those examples, I mean, yeah, you can't you, you can't cross a line, right? And maybe the Bill Cosby thing was starting at that point, too. I don't remember. Well, you know, I think the, when what, you're, what did he call that shit? The, when, was it the black fly or the Spanish fly? The, the stuff he was putting in the drinks? He called it Spanish some, fly. Is that what it was? Well, I mean, what was he putting in there? It was some kind of antihistamine that would make you that would make you sleepy. Could probably, probably, and I don't really know all the details, but probably mixed with some kind of barbiturate or something that he got from his doctor. Who knows, right? He he had access to that kind of stuff, and and then. An immunity, right, from being – so he's out right now still, right? He's out on some kind of technicality or something. He's out of prison. So. Yeah, I think I read something about that. I don't think it matters whether he goes back or not. Who gives a shit? You know, one more 80-year-old fucktard in or out of prison doesn't matter. He's practically blind and dead as he is. I tried I tried to get you to take the bait last week on the Dave Chappelle thing, on, on you know, the other call for his cancellation, but you didn't you didn't grab the bait. But are you following that story? Don't like Dave Chappelle. I never have. Really? Uh, I never found. Oh, him, he's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, never found him funny. Um, so uh, I, what I remember most about Dave Chappelle is, and this, uh, this, this, this never sat well with me. He was extremely successful. He was making millions. Um, he started to whine about the stress, and then what? Just disappeared and said, hey, fuck you to all his fans and fuck you to his employer and went off to cry about his very troubled life. I don't give a shit. I don't think off. that is the actual story, but that's the narrative of the, of the story. Is it? Yeah, because he had a show. Uh, I forget it if it was... Comedy Central. Yeah, maybe Comedy Central. But, you know, there's a lot of these big networks and, and these big uh, guys that don't own their content. Pressure. No, he didn't own... It was a, It was a content war that basically... You know, he didn't he didn't own the rights to his own creativity. So he he, he had a big contract that was offered to him. Oh, and he I thought he went him. crazy. No, he was still doing stand up at that time. 
But it is so, you know, he has a new special out, which is what's in the news. Yeah, and I still on. He's Netflix. had several specials that, yeah. that have been on Netflix. I'd never this seen any of them. This was supposed to be the last one. I watched it. I watched it yeah. in the last couple of weeks. I hear it's not a big deal. It's not, it's not a big deal. Something about, so here's the narrative that I've, because I'm not, because I don't care enough, I'm not a fan of his, and so I didn't watch the special. So I have no firsthand knowledge. Um, only heard what I've heard in the press and so forth, that he made some distasteful comments about transgender people, right? He And so whatever, he's they want to cancel him for that. I don't... Apparently he has made comments in prior specials. So in this special, he, he brought it up and referenced the comments he made in the prior special. Oh, yeah? And then he's made other comments in this one too. Well, I, I just... I Look... I, it, it's a, in this public forum, right? I, I just, my tendency for this, because it just seems to never stop, is um, I just don't, I don't understand. I guess if, if I was part of that community or it affected me or someone I was close to and the, the injustice of how they might be treated poorly by society because, you know, because it's just a tough deal, um, doesn't really affect me. So for me, it's kind of like I just don't need another special victims group asking for special treatment all over the place. I, although I, I do, so because I don't have, I'm not in that community and I don't know anybody that is that I care about, I just don't seem to care. I don't think I know anybody either. Right. And so. Um, I mean, maybe there is somebody. Although, might, unlike Mike, I do care okay, for anybody great, listening. Fine, whatever. Wow, <laughs> virtual signaling from the. No, from I, re the, uh, I really don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I set myself up for that one. So my tendency would be here to kind of be dismissive of the whole thing. So I want to kind of stop short of that. Um, but I, to be honest, because I'm, I just don't have strong feelings about or much knowledge of what the issues are for for the trans community. I mean, I don't know how many people it is. I mean, you know, it gets so much, I think personally it gets so much play in the public forum of news and podcasting and politics. Yeah, why do, you, why do you think that is? Why do the smallest well, groups get salacious, the you know, make the loudest noise? It's salacious. I mean, when you talk about, you know, should a person that is biologically male be allowed to use the restroom f that is designated for f females? That that's a salacious thing, right? I mean, I don't know that the and it's not it's not a question that society has has it's not settled law, if you know what I mean, in in society about how to how to think about that, right? I mean, on the face of it. Almost everybody would say, look, they should be treated fairly and have all the rights everybody else has. Well, what if uh, your daughter is going to the bathroom at Costco and a guy dresses a woman in in this in the you know in his transition to becoming a female and he identifies as a female what if he comes in and goes to the bathroom and is in the same bathroom with your female child uh taking his clothes off and exposing his genitals so he can urinate or whatever. How's all that going to set, right? I don't think it's settled about yeah, how people feel about it, that. It's definitely not. And you know what? I'm kind of indifferent to all that. You know, like on the whole bathroom thing, 
Uh, I really don't care. I mean, and I'm a parent too, right? So my kids are young. They don't go to a public bathroom by themselves. I mean, because <laughs> we go in with them. Well, I will tell you this, that I have no memory of ever going into a public restroom with either of my parents. So if that, in fact, ever did occur, it was before I was late four or five years old. Um, and that's very possible because I, I don't see, a, you know, I don't see my parents seeing a three-year-old into a public bathroom. But from five years old on, I was certainly in public bathrooms one way or the other, whether it was school or in a store or, or whatever. Although until I was older, I probably just avoided it because bathrooms are yucky and, uh, and you know, public ones are especially yucky. <laughs> I didn't like strong smells of any kind when I was a child. And, you know, don't, don't you think we need to make improvements in bathroom privacy? Like when you, you travel outside of this country. For prisoners? No, for all of us. Like if you go to a bathroom in an airport outside of the U.S., yeah. the fucking stalls and the doors go all the way to the ground. You have privacy. There's not this big urinal trough where all the dicks are out. I don't use that. I don't. I haven't. I haven't urinated in an open urinal. Aren't those things terrible? Bathroom. I'm just not going to do it, right? I, no, know. I mean, you have the splash factor. You have the proximity oh, factor. Shit. What if the guy loses focus and turns right, <laughs> you know, and pees on and, me? Well, I'm going to lose and, my and fucking the, mind. And the grunting, and usually there's somebody's passing gas at the same time. Well, that's usually me. <laughs> I feel bad if I go into a public restroom and then a giant fart comes out and you're like, oh, wow, I wonder if that guy in the stall next to me can smell that. <laughs> well, of course he can. But even then, though, I mean, it's like how much attention are we paying to one another in a bathroom that that's a thing? Well, like, you mean the the, the, the the trans situation in bathrooms? I mean, I think it's just – I mean, is that are those really the issues? I, I think the important issues are, hey, are those people discriminated against in the workplace? Of course they are. I mean, even – I've heard some interesting statistics lately um, about job interviews, callbacks, and things like that. And now that we're sort of, well, we're coming back, right? The economy's coming back. People are getting jobs again, right? For now. And then, um, so here's the thing, right? So they, they run studies like this. They send out resumes to different big companies and they purposely make the names like, uh, uh, Terry Johnson. And then the other name is like, um, Leroy Washington. Right. And they have the same exact things on the end. And then the uh, Terry, what did I say? Uh, Washington. No, 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 that was Leroy. The white way, the white one. The white oh, is this a white name. and black thing or, yeah, or, yeah, white or black. a trans so, thing? No, no, not, not a trans Because Terry, I thought this is where you were going. I thought Terry could be a man Either, no. or right, a woman. So let's just make it Bob, Bob Billings and uh, Leroy Washington. Okay. So. One is a black-sounding name and one isn't, especially if you're white. I mean, it may not be true. For, for all the black people I just offended, I'm very sorry. Um, but here's the point. The the white-sounding resume gets 10 callbacks and the black-sounding one gets one. And so that's kind of the ratio of the way things are going. They're exactly the same otherwise. That's not really new, though, right? Well, that, that trend has no, that's kind of not been new, around for a while. The, the point of that report about that was that – 
businesses, especially larger ones, are crying the blues about not being able to get enough people. And the truth of it is, they're not as hard up for people as they say they are. Mm, I mean, perhaps. Well, if you were that hard up for people, you wouldn't be shit canning perfectly good resumes based on what ethnicity the name sounds like. So, but isn't that that such a small amount? Nothing has changed, right? That's that is what you call systemic racism. Yeah, but what did you say though? How how small of a percentage that was? I mean, I'm not disputing that it happens. Of course, it happens. And I've been reading studies like that for many, many years before the pandemic. You you'd hear those reports that that were validated. But the fact is, businesses are still having trouble finding people because prices are too high and wages are up and there's this fucking weird quagmire of a of a world we live in now where there's inflation and there's <laughs> supply chain issues and well, there's I, just I mean it's it's not it's not one thing it's all of this mixed together that's causing the problem yeah yeah so anyway trans i hope it all works out but for some everybody. i mean <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is uh, i i've i've joked before where i said what will Democrats ever be allowed to laugh at? Will they find anything funny? You know, because I always think most liberals, other than you, are stuffy and everything offends them and they can't laugh at anything. And that's what I thought was so refreshing about the Dave Chappelle thing is he's, his basic philosophy is everything is funny yeah. until it happens to you. I get all that. It's not it's, – it's nothing about his content or his opinions or his perception of comedy or what you just said. I frankly never watched the Dave Chappelle monologue uh, or anything. I just don't like him. I get it, and that's fair. I'm not trying to convince you to like him. Seems entitled and and stupid. And I personally think he's hilarious. And and <laughs> I will. This episode, of course, like all the podcasts, will be time stamped uh, at the date it came out. So we'll see what happens in history. But yeah. as of now, he hasn't been canceled, and Netflix is supporting him, which I think is great. Yeah, because look, you just need to let this blow over, right? You can't let it. Look, comedy is not should not be i mean if this was a politician dismissing lgbtq pretty good huh that was good yeah um isn't there more than that now i I, that's all i can do i'm 65 (laughs) i can't remember any more letters than that at one time and that's a one-time thing that i just said it back correctly it's never happened before it will probably never happen again so that group and trans is issues, I think if this was if this was not Dave Chappelle or a comedian commenting on those issues, if it was a <clears throat> and, and basically what he's doing is dismissing him, saying, Listen, I don't need to be overly sensitive about trans issues because I'm over it. It's who gives a shit? It's not my problem. I'm not trans. So, you know, take care of your own shit. Leave me alone. I think, hey, when something's funny, it's funny whether you're trans or straight or, or whatever. And But if that's a politician dismissing the concerns no of doubt. the transgender yeah. community, that would be highly offensive. So what do you think is happening in pop culture? Do you think people are, are trying to put the same moral equivalency on a stand-up comedian as they would a politician and that's why there's so much backlash well, i think they always have right and and i think that i think probably the perception by the right wing is that <coughs> all successful comedians let alone successful black comedians that make millions of dollars for their stuff uh are you know are that when they if they think they can perceive some kind of um hypocrisy or something because they're 
they're making fun of transgender or or making comedy on the backs of transgender issues, they think that's something they need to point out. I just don't think people give a shit, right? I I don't does does Representative Jayapal or AOC or some of that ilk do they take offense at it? Well, like you say, I mean, I'm sure they, they do take offense at everything, right? But I don't think that's that's just again that is not the basic. That's just not the basic opinion out there, right? So that's what I think, yeah. and I think in most situations of canceling, that that doesn't represent the, the, if it basic, was the basic opinion. If it was the basic opinion, Netflix would have ripped him off of there in a heartbeat. He'd already be gone, yeah. and all the all the uh, if, as if there were tapes of his performance would have been burned. <laughs> By I mean, mo- most of his position isn't. I don't care about that community. It's and it, it, again, it's comedy, right? So he's they're doing is funny, right? That's what his position. Well, is. his position is more, uh, you know, is against white people. His position is, I hey, look, look how f- uh, he's jealous. Always deserved at how far the LGBTQ community has advanced in such a short amount of time compared to the struggles of black people. He's jealous. How did you figure it out? Well, you, you know, want to know why? The first year, Caitlyn Jenner was a woman. You gave her the Time Magazine Award. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's funny. You know, and there's there's a simple answer for that. The farther in this white dominated pop culture society that we've been in uh, since the beginning of America and continue to be in, the farther away you are from looking like white people the more the harder it's going to be for you it's just that simple the more you don't look alike the more flack you're going to run into from you know from the white um uh, mainstream pop, uh, majority so right? what what you're saying is not even just about how 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 much you're different from that majority it's it's more based on how you look compared to that majority how different are you i mean you can't get any more different from the white majority than having black skin unless you're black and you're in the lgbtq unless community unless you're a, a white black person i don't think <laughs> what is that an albino i don't <laughs> no think that's michael jackson yeah michael jackson but i mean even within i mean there's just a simple fact here that that humans have this weird reaction to to similarities and differences right and so i think that that's a problem i mean i haven't heard the observations made by um what's his face but uh uh about how uh how amazing it is that lbgtq uh trans communities how they've progressed you know you can get married now and you know blah 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 and there's a lot of legal advancements for them I, if that's what he's saying, then then I think that's probably correct. And I will tell you the reason is because if he's comparing to how, how that group, which is not really, you know, although I'm sure there are plenty of black people in that group, they're not identified as a black group or whatever. It's a right. different group. Yeah. So um, that alone, I mean, you're talking about, hey, how why has it been so much harder for black people in America to progress and and experience civil rights and you know get out from under the oppression and and be accepted and assimilated it's because you're as opposite from the majority you are as opposite looking from the majority as possible and you have to along with everything else that you need to overcome because of that you have to overcome that and you can't change it right right so do you think are you what's the right word happy or satisfied with the progress of the the advancement of civil rights in other words how do i want to frame this 
if the LGBTQ community is uh, it, it, part of that advancement of gaining acceptance from the mainstream, and that helps also speed up the advancement of the black community, is that is that is that pace, in your opinion, moving the way that it should? Well, I think the I think the point of this discussion is that they move at different paces, right? And and what are the real reasons for that? And you know, some of it is just racism, right? But much of that racism is is based on the the actual physical difference between white people and Caucasians and black people, right? Not to you know, so it's I just think it's a very complicated issue. It's aggravated by the whole um, slavery issue in this country. And um, I've been seeing a lot of stuff about how slavery is taught in the South, what people think about it. (laughs) I mean, you could take this right down to, oh, well, it's not a civil war. It was the war between the states, as if there's some difference. And the reason is that, you know, if you're in the South, a lot of those people, their contention is that it wasn't a civil war. The country didn't go to war over slavery. There was a whole bunch of reasons, and slavery wasn't the main one. True or not true. I'm sure some of that is true, but I don't know what the difference is. But but I think that, you know, when you were talking about, you know, equal advancement, is it equitable, right? Is is the is the apparently rapid, which I think is a bit of a stretch to say, but is the apparently rapid advancement of LGBTQ and rapid and in comparison, I think. To to the to yes. the black experience. Um, I'm sure if if you're black, you're not happy about that, right? If you're LGBTQ, for sure. outwardly you would say, "Oh no, that's not right." But but inside, you're saying, "I'm glad I'm, you know, that this is an LGBTQ trans yeah. issue for me, and I'm not black." And of course, two unqualified people talking about these issues. But I guess, I to me, it seems like one can only help the other. Don't you think? Um, well, I think anytime you see any marginalized. Uh, part of the population, any group that has been marginalized by society at large over our history uh, advance, you know, in in stature or equal treatment or access to jobs or access to education or wealth accumulation or anything like that by any standard, I think that's a good thing. Does the does if if in fact the the LBG LBG I'm starting to fuck it can up. You, can you name them all? Do you know what they are? No. no. In, in the lesbian, gay. This is, this is a bad road, but go Why? ahead. Why? Bi. <laughs> uh, trans. LGB. Queer. T. Yes. Yeah. Q. Is that it? LGBTQ. Yeah, I think so. yeah. Did I get them all? I think so. Okay. Then there's a couple more that get added on, but I don't remember what they are. Um. Uh. So. Uh, boy, that really broke up my train of thought. So. <laughs> was I talking about? I think I think when it's good for one, it's good for all, right? So then, can you have an opinion about is it as good as it should be or not? I, that's you know. well, that always is. I think a given, right? Whatever the situation is, pick a topic. Whether it's wealth, whether it's immigration, uh-huh. nothing is ever as good as it should be. Uh, uh, you should always strive for improvement and yeah. to and to make something better but i just i'm just wondering aloud really you know we're talking about this particular issue if i mean you you would never want to create a situation where any group of people is is marginalized and and treated differently but 
But all of this has just brought so much more, I think, more acceptance to that and the fact that people are more equal than they're not. Like, I don't know. I mean, again, I'm unqualified well, to talk about it. I'm not in any of these groups. Well, for us, I think, you know, as you know, far so, as you sometimes, know. Yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, sometimes I'm sure we're on other sides of issues. But I think in some ways, you know, we, we have things we're more common more things in common than we don't. You and me, I'm talking about. Um, we're both Caucasian. We're both um, um, middle class or upper middle class. We're both. We've both been in business, um, uh, and we're. We both hate being told what to do. Yeah, I mean, really, we do. Rather, no matter what your political <laughs> thing is, and and so I think whether we're qualified or not is is hard to say, right? I mean, I think, I think. I think that the way we end up, the two of us end up looking at things is important only in as much as it, it might, it, it probably is fairly typical of how a large segment of other people that are similar to us look at things, right? And of course, there's, there's a quite a number of people that look like us that probably don't think like us at all. And that is, a matter of environment, right, and and upbringing and nurturing and all that stuff, right. So um, I don't think you start out one way or the other. I think it's it's just simply a matter of you know how you're raised, and what what your influences are, and that's going to be impacted by physical location, you know, geography and what part of the country are you in, blah blah blah. blah. Let, let's tie it back into politics. We were starting to talk about these news anchors. And we've certainly talked a lot about Fox News and whatever their role has been in society yep. and reporting news and information in the yep. last couple of decades. Yep. But in your opinion, who who was the most trusted news anchor, if you want to call it that, news organization? Like back in the day, like the yeah. Kennedy days, yeah. well, you, you would have like Cronkite. three or four networks. Right. Is it is it Cronkite? Who are some of the other guys? Well, I mean, it was David Brinkley, Walter Cronkite. Um, before that, it was Edward R. Murrow. You right. Know, there's there's some big names over the years, and I forgot more than I'm going to remember. But Cronkite was a standalone one. In fact, and people talk about these issues when 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 you hear discussion on podcasts or on news programs, which there's been quite a bit of lately about what are the causes of the the deep divisions that we now see, you know, in society, mostly based on political lines, and when people try to suss out. How do you determine what's true and what's not? How can you reliably tell the difference between bullshit and nonsense and the truth? And I think it's often cited, and correctly so, that the arbiter of that was really Walter Cronkite and, and so, people of his stature for a long time. Now, if you were black in America during the 60s, Walter Cronkite would certainly not seem to you to be the arbiter of truth since he never spoke a word, to my knowledge, about the inequities of being black in America. But but listen, listen, at that time, as much as now, the total population of black people in the United States runs around 18% on a, on a, on a you know, ongoing basis. So Walter Cronkite was not the head of the liberal news. He wasn't the head of the black news. Don't you think he news was, was, wasn't seen? For, huh? News wasn't really seen through that lens at that time no, as I being mean, liberal or that's what I was kind of thinking. Well, I mean, is, I guess my point being he was the arbiter of truth. If you were 
part of certain groups, right? If you were white Republican, white Democrat, um, uh, it, uh, you know, first generation faith based. immigrant, faith based type person. I mean, there's a lot of groups. If you were part of any marginalized group, if you were gay, and I don't know if let's say there were trans transsexual people at that time, and even though I guess there were, if you were part of that group, you were part of what what would come to be known as the LBGTQ community. If you were black, if you were an immigrant that hadn't assimilated, he was not the arbiter of your truth. Okay, if if you were black, probably you know, um, probably Malcolm X, right, or um, Dr. King. These would be the people that were speaking to your group if you were black. Nobody was speaking, but he wasn't the arbiter of untruths. In other words, no, he wasn't. There wasn't he, a question of whether or not the, what he was reporting. No, no. But I guess the point of that is, hey, when we t- when we look back nostalgically on and 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 it, and as is often cited that we have no Walter Cronkite now, it, meaning that's that what they he say. was the arbiter. That's he, what he's the standard. Yeah, and that that has changed. So there, the the national, you know, the, whoever's doing the news, the the national news on one of the three big traditional TV networks, it's not the same, right? You know, you have, it's just not the same. It's just changed a lot, right? This is, this is the effect of big tech. There's been a lot, uh, Gal wrote a book. Um, I don't know if we talked about this or not. I've heard her on two different podcasts. Uh, so I've heard quite a bit of what she had to say about this book. Um, it, the name of the book, I don't remember her name. The name of the book is a hundred things we've lost because of the internet. And so she is speaking to things like, hey, what's it like to grow up and have a 24-7 image of yourself always present, right? And you open up your Facebook and you see yourself and you're always there. And there's no privacy, right? In the old days, if you you were at a – in your school and you – you came out, this is her example, she uses quite a bit. You come out of the bathroom with toilet paper trailing off your shoe. Maybe as you walked down the hall before it fell off, three people saw it and, you know, giggled about it over in the corner. And that's the end of it, right? right? If you do that now, someone whips out their camera, takes a video of it, puts it on TikTok, and it, that fucking thing follows you for the rest <laughs> of your life. Right. And in so many things like that, you're a parent, I'm not, so I'm not worrying about this too much, but you probably will if you're not now. I don't know, you you have two kids, right? Mm-hmm. Either of them have phones? No, God okay. no. Do they have access to iPads? Do you babysit them with uh, games on an iPad that yep. where the yeah. it's on airplane mode? Yes. Okay, so that's going to change at some point. And, and when they learn how to turn it off airplane mode. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. And, uh, um, uh, and so you're going to have to deal with this, right? I mean, how old is your child going to be when you give them their first actual phone? And and they, these aren't even phones, right? Just another thing. And I'm quoting a lot of stuff from this gal that wrote this book because I found it very interesting. These are not phones. We call them phones, but they're computers. They're they're internet access devices. And and we the thing we use them for the least are phone calls. Maybe not you and me, but yeah, because they don't work as phones. <laughs> they don't work that good. So uh, what have we lost, right? We've lost the ability to be alone. I mean, even if you go sit in a field with a cup of tea and try to meditate, if your phone's right there, you can't, you you, can't do it. You can't bring your phone. Yeah, you're not. So, I mean, and then if you turn off, so then what happens? So 
in the old days, if you went someplace where there were no phones, right? No, no plug in. You went into the payphone portal that that you watch (laughs) on Doctor Who. Yeah. Uh, and you could, you could go out to a cabin and, and just be alone and have some alone time. What, What did you feel? Did you feel lonely or was it, was it calming and, and, you know, was it meditative and so forth? Well, now, you have a hard time with that because so much of your life is on one of these platforms, right? And so if you take the phone with you, um, then you're always tempted to open it up and see who liked your last post or whatever. So, I mean, and a lot of this stuff is going to be more for some people and less for others. I think it's it's less for me, although I'm on Facebook every day. Multiple not times Facebook a day. anymore. Oh, not Facebook. Sorry. Meta. Instagram. Oh, Meta. Yeah. I mean, and that is like the biggest non-story story of the day. I mean, uh, and I heard a Does prediction. it say Meta when you log into it? I don't know. I don't have it. Instagram doesn't. And I don't think Facebook ever will either. The, this is a corporate name. Facebook name will Facebook will continue to be called oh, Facebook. I see. Instagram, Instagram, WhatsApp. It, it, but the the what was the company? The whole company was called Facebook, right? So you WhatsApp was owned by Facebook. Facebook was owned by Facebook. So now they're they're preparing for the breakup. They mm-hmm. call it Meta, and then when they get forced to break up from Senator Warren, they can parcel out WhatsApp and Instagram. Yeah, you know, I you know I love this subject, right? So uh, something that I've learned, and I didn't suss this out but i heard somebody say just this morning and i agree with it the the biggest benefit of antitrust is not antitrust it's the threat of antitrust so right now facebook amazon google they can't buy shit right because if they do it'll put them in the crosshairs so and what sector would that really apply to well for these big tech companies it's fintech or financial tech. They all kind of didn't go that route. They want. They all want to get into crypto. Well, but but what about online banking and that kind of stuff? They're really not in it. And do you think they're happy about that right now? They're like, oh fuck, we chose not to get into fintech, and now look at how successful fintech is. Square, mm-hmm. you know, all these things. They're huge. Uh, pay, PayPal, whatever. Yeah. Um. And they can't buy it now. They can't go buy Square. I mean, Amazon c- cannot go pony up $9 billion know, it's such a shame, Square, right? Because if they do, they will be in the crosshairs. Can of, you answer this question uh, honestly? If you were Jeff Bezos, because you don't like being told get, what to do. I'd get a wig. You're, <laughs> I think the bald look looks good on him, no? I, I don't think it looks good on anybody, but but you know what? Uh, I still have some hair up there. Not much though. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about having my scalp tattooed black, but that's uh, <laughs> that's a subject. For no, don't do show. it. Leave leave it the way it is. It looks good, and when you put on your aviators, it looks really good. Okay, good. Thanks. But if you were, we've already established that you don't like being told what to do. Yeah. So if you were Jeff Bezos and you owned Amazon and you wanted to go buy PayPal, you wouldn't like being told you couldn't do it. Mm. Yeah. Well, I guess not. No, I mean I. I don't think I have a hard time agreeing <laughs> to that supposition. I, but should they be allowed to go buy PayPal or whatever it is? I don't know if that's a good example, but um, I think that they're. I think that the unbridled ability f- for them to make acquisitions of their competitors over the last fifteen years has resulted has had bad results, right? And yeah, but and I so, think there there are probably several examples of bad results that oh. you could cite, maybe some of which I would agree with. Yeah. But 
I don't think that would be a fair statement unless you also examine the positives or the gains that have come out of that. Like like this book or podcast that you referenced, the 100 things that have mm-hmm. l- been lost since the internet. There's probably more than 100, but there's got to be at least 1,000 things that we've gained that yeah, make our lives that's, better. That's part of that discussion, and I think that it's important not to – not to lose sight of that, right? I mean, I don't think I don't I am not in support of some crusade to go backwards or or stymie tech. I just truly believe that a more fair form of competition will create more innovation, right? You you stifle innovation when you let large companies gobble up their competitors. Um, that's you know. I mean, I I can only assume that you don't agree with that because uh, you've said as much as far as I can remember. I don't think that's good. I mean, I think society benefits from innovation. And is it impossible for a large company to innovate? It's not impossible, but the motivation is not very strong, uh, especially if there's any risk involved. But we are what we say we call ourselves normies right i mean we don't know what we don't know we're not tech people we use tech i mean right. we're, we're using tech right surrounded now about it pretty good right yeah now. we're surrounded by a lot of tech. i could sit in this environment all day i know you're a tech geek you love this shit yeah. but we we could never invent it i mean you and i could never invent you know how to digitize sound or video or any of that stuff but we love it and we can geek out on it and we use it and we use it for creativity and we use it for consumption and the point is those advancements we couldn't have seen back in the black and white days when you're living your life in the olden days. We couldn't have it's, foreseen it, the type of advancements that have come well, about. That's why we don't have effective antitrust regulation in place. Uh, we were stuck in the past with antitrust regulations that apply to U.S. Steel or, you know, some other you know, mega. The, in the, they were written companies. in the Industrial Revolution times. Yeah. So they don't, yeah. I get it. And this has all happened so fast. When you talk about 15 years in, in, as far as creation of laws or regulations, it's a blink of an eye, right? And so we have these, these giant, giant uh, tech companies, which I, I'm not, Bad, big is not bad, but but then it is a matter of how they behave. And so, um, if we could trust um, these companies to use their size to to aid them in 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 innovations that will benefit society as a whole, while enriching themselves, that would be great. But we we. We really can't trust them, and we're being shown this every day. Um, so, uh, you know, there were a lot of people talking about big tech, about Facebook, and about all the platforms, and how they they don't do good things, and so on and so forth. And just talk, 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 talk. This gal, this this whistleblower, she. So you know, all the talking heads like Kara Swisher and. Scott Galloway and anybody else that's been there's plenty of people that have been trying to say hey this is bad there's there's a lot of bad stuff about this it's like they brought a squirt gun to the to yeah the, but to the, the, but the irony of that story you know, is me, you, the, the, you're talking about the papers the whistleblower well, papers yeah and but here's the thing she has affected change all of the talking heads have done nothing Nothing changed. No laws were passed. Facebook didn't change her behavior. But look, in a couple of weeks since this gal came, she brought a howitzer to the to the to the gunfight. 
it's a, it's a gunfight with Facebook, and all the talking heads brought squirt guns and didn't. there was no effect. But she brought a howitzer or a neutron bomb or whatever you want to call it, and and they are changing. I mean, Facebook has changed their name and and is re- – for the first time ever, Facebook is – is caught in the in the headlights, staring like a deer, going, "We don't know what the fuck to do." They are under attack in every way possible, and they don't have a good plan to go to to combat it. So she's going to have an effect, and it's going to span out over the other big tech. And some of the things that I have said I would like to see done by antitrust is already happening, and that's okay for me. I want the effect, not the not the process. I just want the effect, and the effect is happening. Um, and I think it's a huge lesson for 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 people. You know, these are mega companies with huge amounts of power, and if you just try to wag your finger at them, they're just gonna give you the finger back and and do what they're gonna do. So um, I just I just think that for the benefit of society, we want to have some guardrails about. Not how big you get, but but what we what we will what will what we will be okay with you doing once you get big, right? Yeah, and I think that to me is where I always I always lose it because <clears throat> I don't think that is necessarily the thing that we should be worried about. What a company's intention is, or what they do when they get big, that's. I think if you have unrealistic <laughs> expectations, like hey, you you have to have some you know moral high ground, or you got to do the right thing. Well, I, I that's think, not a guarantee. I think you, understandably, always, um, I want to say identify with, but inf- in, um, have empathy for big business as if it is. Um, another person that's being wronged. I mean, but here's the difference. I mean, big, it depends where, where you think big business is here, here. Here's what big business is. Do you, you know what makes them big? Customers. Right. Customer base. Yeah. They wouldn't be big if they didn't have something that everybody wanted. And so that to me is the biggest disconnect that the regulators always overlook is they don't understand that they have an audience. And to me, the Facebook thing Yes, they're changing, but it's not for the reasons that you cited, and it's not for the reasons that are in the news. They're changing because they're scared shitless. What are they scared shitless about? Losing subscribers. And they have lost subscribers, and they haven't gained subscribers. Well, and there are some Facebook is for old people. That's, that's right. That's why they're losing subscribers. That's exactly right. And there there are reports, if you dig deep enough, it's not in the mainstream, but, but un- you can find it. They will address losing older subscribers by by targeting children. Yeah, but the children, this is also, again, if you dig deep enough, I just, I was reading something Your about. Children. They won't. <laughs> My children are too far removed from it. And I'm being serious. I know. The, For now. The, the age of which. The children, your children are old enough to go to somebody else's house without you being there. How old is that going to be? 30? <laughs> yeah, much, much, a distant future from now. Well, I mean. Yeah, I, but Facebook me, isn't going to be relevant. Eight years old will be here before you know. I understand, but Facebook w- will not be relevant, and that's what I'm saying. As as the tide shift, when's the last time you saw a fucking Buick on the road? Nobody buys Buick and anymore. Today, while well, I was waiting for you to get here, it was one in the parking lot. <laughs> was it <there> really? <laughs> yeah. All right, the one Buick on what, the road what is here. That retro looking piece of junk. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
<laughs> and so the, the the age at which people are signing up for Facebook accounts is getting older and older and older. Yeah, but there they're, was on, a, there was they're a, on other things. I understand. So right. the point is, and maybe some of those things Facebook owns, like Instagram. Yeah. And you can't really can you can't really compare uh, WhatsApp because that's a, a different type of platform. But but here's is the it? thing, yeah, of course it is. I mean that's a that's a direct one to one chat or a group chat, but it doesn't house content or or the the type of media that you get on Instagram or, and, or and Facebook. Why do you think that is? Because that's not what it was designed for. No, that's because Facebook bought it and yes. stopped that from happening. Yeah, but you say stop that again. If I buy a cell phone company. You know, you and I, we ha- we have this mega whatever our core business is, and we buy a cell phone telecommunications company. Yeah, you wouldn't criticize us if we also didn't, you know, start TV services. It's well, not even related. Not criticizing WhatsApp. I mean, I, I'm. I mean, I firmly believe that WhatsApp, left to their own devices, not having been acquired by Facebook, would have developed content. Um, and maybe several other outlets. It's a, it's a huge platform and that operates in multiple countries and, and we will never know what we don't know about where they could have gone for sure. That's a fair statement. Yeah, for sure. WhatsApp was prevented from creating content or any kind of user groups or anything that mimicked Facebook because Facebook simply doesn't want the competition. Yeah. But again, we don't know what we don't know about WhatsApp and and what they were, their design intentions were. It, it's the reason WhatsApp exists is because phone, it's founders are gone. Yeah. Right. But it's a secure communication device. It's end to end encryption that was around before black i think maybe blackberry had it apple certainly didn't have it and android didn't have it so this was a way to send secure messages the technology was there in my opinion that's really what facebook was buying was the the security technology and not necessarily you know to take a competitor out, competitor off the market they were buying a piece of technology that they didn't have and which is mostly what you do when you buy something yeah well I guess you can believe whatever you want about Facebook. I, I, I am 100% positive that they bought WhatsApp and Instagram to, to stifle their, their, their growth in, in the sense of, hey, we're, we're not going to let either of those platforms develop anything that competes with base Facebook operations. And, and they've and, been extremely and there could be, successful. There can, yeah, and there, that could be true too, right? right? In other words, I don't say it's impossible. I don't think that, but I don't say it's Why impossible. Why would you think that? Well, I just, for the reasons I've said, I think they bought it because they wanted to acquire a piece of technology that they had. Why would you attribute any altruistic motives to Facebook or Mark Zuckerberg, which is what we're talking about, when he has demonstrated time after time that he doesn't give a shit? I think it's misguided to suggest that any potential business acquisition is is for that reason. I mean, we don't know. It uh, Facebook is a fiefdom to him. And that's but it. here's here's the other thing that that I think is lost here, if they because you you like to use the word innovation and these other companies perhaps could have could have innovated in a way that they're not able to do now because of these acquisitions yeah. and that's as bad for society somehow right, yeah. but here's the here's the yeah. difference in the bottom line is we don't need Facebook, there would be a difference between you know let's say you're a water company and you buy up all the water companies and you can control the supply of water and the type of water and the quality of water, something we all need, that's different. But we don't need Facebook. We don't need social media. We don't need to engage in that way. And through other innovation, I believe, as we've cited with your MySpace account, that someday (laughs) they will be irrelevant. Well, but Meta 
will still be there. <laughs> Maybe. Right. Until so, Amazon buys them. Well, we'll see. I mean, you know, I mean, there's just so much to this. It's, it is, um, and it's not something that we are going to benefit from by putting our heads in the sand and just saying, hey, just, uh, you know, case rah-sarah, just let them do whatever the fuck they want You know what we do. should do is hear from young people. Like, you know how things kind of, you know. Go, Nobody young is listening to us. <laughs> they, go, they go full circle, right? Do you think, because you've seen a lot of technological advancements in your lifetime oh yeah since the invention of electricity it's really been quite <laughs> phenomenal fuck off <laughs> do you see i mean you like tech i mean you're, I do. you you can embrace at your age and this is i mean this is a compliment you you know people you and i both know people that, yeah. are, that are your age maybe even younger than you my, my dad yeah. he he can't do anything new as far as technology but you continue to embrace and use new technology okay would you ever want to go back to the days of having less tech do you ever do you see that happening where we no. would swing back the other way like younger people go fuck it i mean you have the 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 fucking hipsters of course that like the flip phones but i well, mean i think my example of that is uh um Vinyl records, right? But you like you like vinyl? No, I. Yeah. You have vinyl. I have tons of it, but I don't. I hate it. I, I actually despise it. I mean, if you wanted to send me to hell, send me somewhere where the only source of music was scratchy fucking vinyl records. That's hell. Um, so yeah, no, I I I think that. Uh, <laughs> let's see, how many people can I offend right now? I think anybody that claims that they like vinyl better than, say, streaming digital music, um, is just—I don't know—they're just either I would almost, virtue signaling, yes. or they're, or they're, you know, showing off, or they—they're just trying to create an image. That, I would believe it if it came from somebody who grew up in the vinyl era. Like th that to me is more believable. I, I wish I could get all the scratch. I know that, but I'm saying his back in you could music. you could reasonably understand if somebody who grew up buying vinyl records compared and, and lived through cassettes and CDs and now streaming. Yeah, that would be me. Yes, and if you had a position that you preferred vinyl, I I could understand it because maybe it's the nostalgia. Maybe you have a story about where you were the day you bought that record. So that would make sense to me. But somebody who never grew up in that era, it had already gone by, and says, I prefer vinyl, I think they're a bunch of fuckheads. Yeah, I agree with you. That's hipster nonsense. Right. right. You drink out of their mason jar. Look, cups. even me today, um, I look at videos that, you, for instance, or photography for that matter, you see this on Instagram and different things. If I see a, a video of some type, of a turntable, a cool looking turntable. You want to buy it? I don't, but I, I'm attracted to it. You know, I mean, I had a bunch of turntables. I spent at, you know, go back many, many years ago. I spent $300 on a, on something called a Gerard zero 100. And that was, that was a turntable where the needle and the cartridge, the needle was in was on uh, that the arm of the phonograph would change the angle in an effort to keep the needle in the, going in the same direction. So it's hard to explain. A phonograph needle is elliptical. The grooves in a record, the at the outside of the record, the, the, the needle fits perfectly into that groove where that elliptical needle is straight. It's zero. So it's, it's a, it's the zero 100, um, 
referred to the amount of Z, trying to maintain a zero, yeah, the angle, the same way across. So as that as that arm moved across the record, that, that, to little, that little head would pivot a yeah. little bit, always trying to keep that needle as elliptical as possible. So that's the kind of engineering stuff that I liked. But could I, you know, I mean, I, I when I didn't have shit, I spent 300 bucks. I actually, I caught my dad into spending 300 bucks to buy it for me as a present. So $300 on a, because uh, my dad liked that kind of stuff, right? And so I think back now, and um, it didn't really provide shit in the way of enhanced performance. It was all mental, right? I mean, there's no way records, You felt better about paying that price tag because you knew the tech well, was there? I thought it was, you know, and, and here's the thing. It was just, and then I would spend more and more uh, money on needles and cartridges. You get up in the two, three, four hundred $400 range for a cartridge- you know, with a phonograph needle in it. And, you know, it was in, you know, always trying to get the better sound. Well, you know, it just, no matter Meanwhile, what, you have the same shitty speakers. And, the, and here's the thing, the records, put a record on a turntable and then watch it go around in a circle. Um, all of that is for not, if the record's not perfect, if it, so m most of them, when you watch the grooves, once the turntable starts moving, the grooves appear to go right to left well, that will that will defeat any zero Gerard zero one hundred technology that you're trying to employ. So I liked it because if anybody looked at it, oh, this is a Gerard zero one hundred, is the you know top of his class, blah blah blah, right? That was all good. Now I look at turntables with really heavy bases, cool stainless steel arms and shit like that. They even have turntables where the platter is not touching anything, which is ideal. Um, because the worst thing you could do with a turntable was put it on top of your speakers or put a board between your speakers and put the turn. All the sound from your speakers will then come up through the turntable into the needle and distort everything. If you have a turntable platter that's floating in air because there's some kind of magnetic field there, yeah, you eliminate all that. But, I mean, so that all that technology is interesting, but it doesn't change the fact that the 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 – the media, the software is shit. Records how, how long, are shit. How long did your Gerard 100 last before there was the Gerard 200? Yeah, never got a Gerard 200. I moved on. It lasted a long time. Like like what, a couple oh, of years? Oh, no. I probably had it for 10 years. No, I know it did, but I mean, you see what I'm saying? Like the advancement between the unit you had and the, the and next, the, the next model. Here's the thing. I ran out of money because sometime during that transition, I went from um, being in a position where um, I could – tap into my dad's fascination with technology that was a little past his thing, but he liked, but then would spring to buy it for me and where I had to start to buy my own food. And so then it was just make your equipment last as long as possible. I mean, I went many years where the only stereo I had was a two uh, mono hi-fi Heath kit amplifiers that had tubes and shit that shit that came from the fifties that I bought in thrift shops and they were identical and they were a hundred watts each real watts and not like transistor watts and so that was it i had my gerard zero 100 my thrift shop heathkit heathkit was a brand it's still a brand where you could build radios and televisions and amplifiers and stuff like that real popular in the hi-fi era so for any stereo you need two amplifiers so that's what i did i bought two of those um, they were cool because the, the tubes were exposed, and uh, when you turned off the lights and got loaded, um, you could watch the tubes flicker. <laughs> so you have that extra added bonus that extra feature. Added bonus. 
Um, use those until they caught on fire. And because you get dust inside those tube things and then the heat and then it, it actually, we were partying out one night. We had a party at the house for a lot of people there and the whole fucking thing just went up in flames. Ooh, hey, there's fire over there. <laughs> uh, let me get a beer and then I'll come in there and put it out. So anyway, those are the old, that's nostalgia. You're dragging me down a real nostalgic um, avenue. But you even, despite all that. I and, hate, I hate records. Because... The al- and and the truth is, you know, in a nutshell, that the alternative and the advancements and the technology is better. It's so much better. And right now, like, I don't understand how I can stream. I can push this button and hear the sound instantly come out of the air and into my phone. Well, and I don't my understand how how a box uh, plugged into a wall creates cold. I mean, refrigerators are magic. Yeah, okay? but at least you plugged it in. Well, yeah, and then, <laughs> you're not plugged in anywhere. <laughs> that I understood. At least I was plugging into some set of wires in the yeah, wall. You know, the saddest thing for me is that my dad just did not, I think he passed away in 88 or 89. He just didn't see any of this, right? There was no iPod. There was no digital. I don't even know if there was laser. You know, I was an early adapter for laser discs. Um, Debbie's brother got one, and you didn't I put all your stock in that, did you? No, I didn't. Never buy stock in anything, <laughs> and and I still have it all. And so uh, it's, but it's, you know, I was so uh, so sick of the bad sound quality from records, and the fact that no matter what you did, no matter how hard you tried, you could not stop your records from degrading. One piece of dust that falls out of the air lands in that groove and then your needle which is creating friction goes over it runs over it it there's heat there it fucking welds that piece of dust to the inside of that groove and you will hear that click for the rest of the life of that record and a lot of people say well then you know buy uh this is something i didn't do i did not buy expensive reel-to-reel equipment i could never afford it at the time where i probably would have made that transition i could not afford it and even in the best tape there's hiss. T- tape has hiss because of what it is. Can you hear the hiss now, though, with your advanced state of hearing loss? Oh, my God. That is so fucked up. I'm, I'm, I have the same. My, my hearing is probably worse than yours. Well, no, you have hearing loss. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the thing is, is I'm, I'm very attuned to rather the digital music I'm listening to. There are many different grades of reproduction available in that format. Um, right now, just I don't know how many people know or care about this Apple Music. If you're if you're using Apple Music, and I I am on my phone, and that's where I'm listening to everything now. I don't play CDs. I don't have any of that shit. I don't do any of that shit. It, it, there's a thing called spatial, and it's just a different way of um, a different way of tuning the music, right? And so, it's a really pleasant. And it's spatial. It's what it says. It's kind of a wide open. It's really effective on newer equipment, right? You can, it'll play on anything. But if you have, you know, if you have like you like to uh, kid me about my cool headphones, uh, that was a gift. Well, they're, they're totally, that's from Apple. They're totally wired to reproduce this. But I'm finding that just about any device can reproduce this to some degree. And it's just the best sound ever. Right. And it, it's how these it's how these it's how the music is mixed. And you have the far other side of this. Uh, um, uh, Neil Young is this huge proponent of this high, high fidelity um, digital music. But it takes really expensive equipment to reproduce it. The problem with that is that's never going to catch on enough 
to where there's enough hardware in homes to make stop producing, you know, the right technology for the streaming possible. But well, we, may, we don't know. It, it may. may. It may. Well, well, it may. Right. And and my guess is that 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 high quality digital experience that Neil Young has been pushing for about ten years is maybe that's spatial. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it got sold and it's been incorporated. But that that ten, that just continues. I don't want anything to stop any of that advancement. You know, that's why if there was some type of, of – that's why I'd be careful with Apple, right? Why do you think – Why do you, that's Amazon, a good – they own the marketplace. Yeah. So, so the problem we're getting into with these companies is when you own the marketplace, you you have an unfair advantage over – over your competitors. So I think what might be the result of all this is that there may be a push by regulation to to prevent owning the marketplace and and then and then having the stores. But why do you think there's not as much heat on Apple then? I mean because well, they're they're unique. The, all these companies are unique. And Apple is unique in the sense that they're a hardware company, a software company. They have the marketplace. Yeah. They also are in currency. You know, they they kind of quietly launched a credit card about a year ago. If Apple you remember Pay. that. Well, they have Apple Pay, yeah. but they also have a that's fintech, right? Apple yeah. Pay. Yeah, and, and Apple Pay has been around longer. A while. A while. It's been around longer than right. than this. Well, credit I mean, card the point have. of that is that um, next month Apple's not going to come out and say, "Hey, guess what? We have Apple Pay now," because Boom! You, Tim Cook is in hearings, antitrust hearings immediately. But Apple Pay is already there. Yeah. If Amazon Pay or uh, Facebook Pay or something shows up, boom! Which is in, kind of a hearings. shame, right? I mean, that shouldn't be. That, well, but it's not a shame because why? there's Square, there's PayPal, there's all. Well, how did other, Apple do it? Well, Apple did it ten years ago. That's I know. What I'm, that's what I'm saying. But that's why? The what what has changed between well, when Apple's Apple did it ten years to do ago? It now, but I know. But what what is the problem by with doing it now? Because if 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 Amazon tried to buy Square, that would put them in the crosshairs crosshairs of antitrust. I I agree. But why was Apple able to do it and it wasn't a problem? Because it ten years ago nobody was. Nobody cared, right? Why do we care now? All of those tech companies were allowed to – well, those companies all made a decision that fintech was not going to be their thing. So they were neither inhibited nor encouraged one way or the other. But what we're really saying is if Amazon did it now, they would be in the crosshairs. I don't disagree with that. But the reason they would be in the crosshairs is because they're, quote-unquote, too big and we can't trust them. Well, I mean, I don't think you're going to see – Facebook have to divest themselves of either Instagram or WhatsApp. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're going to roll back those acquisitions um, either. So, I mean, that's the thing. But they're not going to let – I don't think that – I don't – and at this point, there's nobody – when I say they're there, there's no there. There's no effective antitrust going on. There's only the specter of antitrust right now. And so that's why Facebook cannot – go try to acquire um, uh, Square. Now, could they start their own? They can. That's not going to do anything. What I'm talking about are acquisitions. The 
the the practice by these giant mega platforms and, and tech companies to buy their competition is not happening right now because of the specter of antitrust. And I think all the way around, that's a good thing. Which and is interesting. As far as the services for fintech, which is what the sector we're talking about, those are, those needs are being fulfilled by innovative new companies that are killing it. So you started to say this earlier. Do you think that the 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 result of antitrust, even though these things aren't being, you know, there's no antitrust hearings, there's no active government intervention in preventing Facebook from making an acquisition. But like you've said, they'd be in the crosshairs if they tried. They don't want to be in the crosshairs. So are, are you saying that? The net effect is essentially the same. It's it's having the yeah. same effect. The more what what everybody has come to conclude is that the 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 biggest benefit from antitrust is not antitrust actions or regulations. It's the specter of antitrust, and that's fine. That's good. That's less. Everybody should be happy. That's. Less I think they regulation. should try. They should test the water. They already did. They they tried to bring Facebook on the mat and make them divest. No, 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 I mean Facebook should try. They should try to buy something and see how, see how much they can get away with. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I think they should. I mean, at the end of the day, their buying power is going to be diluted. Bring, I don't think they want to bring in, in, increased. I mean, right now, Facebook is just, they are just, I mean, that would be the stupidest move they could possibly make. But I know it's a shame. It's a sh- like, I, well, it's easy for you to say you don't have any money in Facebook, right? No, I don't have any money in Facebook. Right, so I would easy for you to recommend them to go do something that's going to result in. Their I would buy if I if I was going to make money. Like I if I thought I could make money in Facebook stock, I would buy some. Well, of course, of course you would, and I and I don't give a shit about to. the platform. No, I get it, but I I don't think any think anybody Facebook's going to take that. I mean. I think this is, I mean, I'm happy about this, right? I I wanted to see antitrust enforcement, you know, a couple of years ago because uh, I hate Facebook and I have for a long time, for many years. But you can't actually. regulate on that. You can't regulate on personal that I hate hatred. No, well, I'm not a regulator. A, I know, but a I'm lot of- I'm just seeing what I wanted to see. I know, but th- that you are seeing that. I, these regulators are regulating based on the fact that they don't like Facebook and there's jealousy Facebook and Facebook is making decisions that, are benefiting society as a whole because of the specter or the pressure, right? And I think that's that's all I need for but me. But that clearly deal. is not going to continue. Uh, well, I mean, it's hard to say. I, I mean, uh, what is very possible is going to. I mean, remember, and antitrust isn't happening in a vacuum just in the United States. I mean, they are getting their ass handed to them in other countries, in the UK, in the European Union. Because they are the they are the Buick of social media. They are getting their ass handed to them, and all platforms are all of them, right? And so, I mean, Amazon just had to take the Bible down from the Chinese Amazon, right? So, yeah, what was this story? Well, I mean, was it was it Amazon? I thought it was uh, was maybe was Apple. No, no. It was a Bible app or something? It was, I believe it was Amazon. Maybe it was Apple. I don't know. It could be Apple. I mean, they they The Christian have, Bible they, they had to take out from a Chinese marketplace? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, China's not looking to promote religion one way or the other, right? I mean, they're, they're anti-religion. So this, is the chi- this would be the Chinese way of making sure their people can't get the Bible? I guess. I mean, there must be millions of Bibles, billions of Bibles in China. I but, I mean, we can't be surprised by that, obviously. We, we just fly we, Bibles over China and drop them from the sky. <laughs> Are there any more Bibles left? You can probably kill people with Bibles <laughs> from the sky. 
Bible's from the sky. That makes a good song title. <laughs> <laughs> go go all the way back here to uh-huh. this arbiter of truth thing we were talking about mm-hmm. with the news. Yeah, with the news. So, uh, you know, when you had the Walter Cronkite era, there was less opportunity through tech, you know, your phone and social media to fact check. There was there was less. There were fewer sources of information to compete mm-hmm. for your attention. So do you think there was you know, more truth happening or was it just less distractions yeah, for people? I, I to? Wanna, yeah, you know what? I'm glad you brought this up because I, I, I had forgot. I wanted to say this on the podcast. And in all this discussion about the 100 things you lost from the Internet and this and that, I just want to make a statement about something I, th- I want people to think about. We're, we're uh, there's a lot of discussion right now about how do we know what's true and not true and you know what happened why do we seem to not be able to figure it out anymore and um <laughs> what is that i don't want to know it um, looks like it's breathing yeah and uh uh so here's the thing right so you go back to go back pre-internet and you tell a lie in politics politicians have always lied democrats have done it Republicans have done it. Thank you. They all did it, right? So so you tell a lie. You say something, put it out there like it's fact. And eventually um, the truth catches up to it in the past. The truth would catch up to it, right? You say something sensational, it hits the national news. It's not true. And then uh, people hear about it, but then the people with the true story come out and the truth catches up. So that that thing could take place in a lot of different ways. You could put something in a newspaper that was not truthful, and other newspapers would jump into the fray to say, that's not true, and here's why, and blah, blah, blah. And, and then eventually a Walter Cronkite or an L.A. Times or a New York Times or some respectable newspaper from the time would print something, and they were the arbiter of truth, right? You do it now. And here's why the lies and shit are so dangerous now. Because I know as a libertarian, your inclination is to say, just let people say whatever they want and the truth will out. Well, here's the problem, right, why that's not working anymore. If you if you put a lie out there now, the platforms that we're talking about amplify the lie and spread it out to billions of people in a twenty four hour period. However, the same. Well, well, let me finish. There's no chance for the truth to catch up with that lie before it's spread around the world and embedded, and that is the problem. Let me ask you this in the did, form did of a you question. Follow that, though. Yes, I did, but I don't believe it, and here's why. Well, here, here so here's the question. Because here's something that you said that that piqued my interest. Yes, yeah. the 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 lies can be spread in in the to the form of billions now versus whatever in an era of pre-internet. Uh-huh. But isn't the same true for the truth? You're still reaching the same amount of people if it's if it's a true statement, if it's true information. So why is it having the same? Why is it a catastrophic effect if it's a lie versus the truth? Because the 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 lies are typically more triggering, more salacious. That's why the that's why the 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 algorithms that are used by big tech to trigger people and spread misinformation 
not because they want to spread misinformation, but but because they want to trigger people to stay engaged. So right? is the real issue that's though, not the case with the truth. So isn't the issue though the ar- who is the arbiter of truth in these cases? In other words. You, you, you hearken back to a time where you didn't have this technology. Right. The word I'm thinking of is trust. The, the news sources and, and the news anchors and the people that you got your information from were quote-unquote trusted, right, from, for lack of a better term. So therefore, you kind of took it for face value. And now are we saying that there's just so many competing sources no. of information that we don't, <laughs> we don't trust there are and therefore source, yeah. information goes askew? Well, I'm going to just kind of re-roll it out there one more time. The the five or six large tech platforms that disseminate information one way or the other, they are using algorithms that push to the forefront of that dissemination things that trigger anger and engagement. And the, the truth typically... Is Doesn't not do that? that right? It's not that, and it would be great if it was. What was the thing you sent me the other day? Uh, was the guy talking about Biden or was it Biden or Fauci? Cough, cough. yeah, killing Fauci. Uh, dogs. Yeah, that's um, that. What guy's name is Cawthorn or something like that? He's a representative. And I think I said to you, you know, I said I said when, we need to raise the bar because <laughs> the guy's a fucking moron, right? You so, but let, let's say I don't know if that's true or not. Let's say that it is. Uh, that probably would grab some attention because of what the story is, right? So is it that's a malicious statement, but if it's true, is it going to have the same effect, the same gravity or not? Well, it's not – I mean you're talking about what Cawthorn was saying in that video about yeah. Fauci being, being, you know – Dog killer? Well, whatever. And what did I say? Well, the, the day was, a dog puts yeah, a man on the moon? some shit at the end about torturing dogs in China. I, who the fuck Was he the guy that was yelling? Uh, no, that's a different guy. Okay. Yeah, there was a. You're sending guy. me so much content these days. I can't. I keep am up. not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I just think that um, I. I mean, I don't. I don't need to convince you that that what I'm saying about truth and and lies uh, in the digital age is true. I just want to put it out there, uh, and you just you know just look around as time goes on you're going to see how that works yeah but here's the interesting thing i think we're but we're both we both rather have it i think the way we have it now which is we'd rather have this technology and these varying sources of inter- of both entertainment of of news of truth and i guess you have to assume some untruths we'd we'd rather have it this way than back in the walter cronkite days right oh that's a that's a good question i think um uh, and I'm not sure I have an answer. I mean, I don't want to go backwards, and I don't want to pull back any tech. I don't want to go backwards in time. Um, I just want people to to hear minimally, right? If I, if I mean, so I wasn't thinking about it like that. I'm like, I've struggled with this question. Why? Why are we just have we just disintegrated so much as a society that? We don't give a shit about truth. We don't care. That's not the case. We care. We all care the same. We've always cared. But we are watching over a period of 10 years how the big tech platforms are using these algorithms to push untruths out there into the mainstream information flow, not because they give a shit about the untruth, 
but because it generates engagement and that translates into advertising dollars. And we need to stop that. Okay. Well, that's the the best word there is engagement. I think you're absolutely right. And that's, that is their number one goal. And I do think, so if, if you identify that as the problem, I think there's other ways to solve that. I think you can have disengagement by, by competition, uh, by maybe the, the, the content that's on those platforms competition. aren't Yeah. Yeah, and that's what's happening now. That that is the reason why young people aren't on there. They there's other competition, there's other things that like who well, else who I owns? mean I'm sure that's true to yeah. to agree. Everything I say is true. Yeah. <laughs> because this is an entertainment program. All right. Well, we had enough fun for today, my yeah, friend. This was a, a another I mean, I love talking about tech and this stuff, right? I don't know as much about it as I'd like to, but every day I learn a little bit more. These are so. some of the better conversations because neither one of us are an expert in this field. Ugh. So it's yeah. fun. I'm being serious now. It's yeah. fun talking through it because we can go either way. Right. And and listen, uh, I still love politics and all that, but that it doesn't have to be Everything is politics. Doesn't have Yeah, everything turns out to be politics. It really is. The other, but we don't have to I think, you know, in this uh um this I think this is going to be an ongoing subject for a while. Is there any big tech or or news media source or anything that we can trust? Uh, well, I mean, I don't think you're, I mean, I, I trust several. So I, you know, as far as who, who is saying things that are true and not purposely lying about stuff. I mean, I, I don't think I, I mean, I'm going to say yes. I, I don't know if that's the answer. <laughs> that's a for. simple answer. I'll take yeah. it. Yes. Yes, there are. I think it's just important that, that, uh, people, you know, can discern, you know, who that is and, and where that is. And, and that's it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go any farther on that one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. Well, all right. that's all we got for this one. All right. Thanks everybody. Bye. Bye.